The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Roadwire Prospect Podcast. I'm your host, James Anderson. I'm joined this week by Bailey Srebnik, who contributes to Fantasy Six Pack and is the co-host of the Florida Prospect Podcast. Uh, Bailey, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me. How are you doing? Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I'm doing well, and I'm um, really looking forward to our, our discussion today. Yeah, I, I can say with confidence that you are the first uh, high school graduate uh, to join me the, the week of his uh, graduation. And uh, with similar confidence, I can say that you are probably the first valedictorian to ever come on the show uh so how is this just a really busy time for you yeah it's been a really busy week uh, my graduation is this upcoming monday and um you know there's just been a lot of like uh, rehearsals and assemblies and uh i've been pouring like several several hours into my speech so there's just been a lot of time uh dedicated to that but i'm really glad we we're able to make this work well uh i wonder if i wonder how many valedictorians have had uh time to sort of um practice their their public speaking uh via baseball podcasting uh when they're in high school um probably a pretty short list yeah probably, probably not a, probably not a lot uh so why don't you just give us a, some quick uh like kind of background uh i know you're in florida uh but how long have you been going to minor league baseball games uh and then what uh sort of led to you kind of taking it from just a a hobby and a, and a sport that you really like to watch to something where you wanted to produce the content to go along with it. Yeah, sure. So I was, uh, I was born and raised in here in South Florida. Um, I baseball has always been my favorite sport ever since I was a little kid. I remember wearing a, a Marlins Miguel Cabrera jerseys to school. Um, and um, yeah, so I would say my fandom was taken to like the next level. Uh, back in 2017, I went to a Daytona Tortugas game the Tortugas were down to their last out, down by a run. And Brantley Bell, who had not hit a home run all year up until that point, hit a come-from-behind, walk-off, two-run homer. And I just – it was such a really cool experience to be there, especially since I wasn't even like – I didn't have a rooting interest at the time. Um, so it just kind of opened my eyes as to how special minor league baseball can be. And, you know, ever since I've gone to about 25 games a year, not counting 2020. Um, so – and, you know, I – I appreciate, you know, how like um, a lot of people in like the minor league baseball community, like uh, seek out like highlights and stuff. And since, you know, I'm at these games in person and some of which are not televised, like the ones at Roger Dean, um, I like being able to like share the experience with people on like social media or through articles so they can get a lens in to see um, how the players are doing. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. Um <clears throat> You know, I know we've got a lot of people that do great work in terms of getting content out and stuff like that in Arizona, uh, but Florida, you know, it's it's awesome to have uh, people like yourself uh, with with eyes on these guys in person, getting video on them. Uh, have you? So your your home park basically is Jupiter right now, right? Yes. And uh, have you been to most of the parks in Florida, the minor league parks? I have been to all of them except uh, the Yankees, the recently renovated Blue Jays, and then the new one that the Braves just opened up. That one's only spring training anyway. And what's your favorite of the the minor league parks down there? I think I got to go with uh, the one in Daytona, Jackie Robinson Ballpark. Um, it's definitely not the flashiest or prettiest ballpark in the league, 
but um there's just so much history there you can like truly like feel it when you're there um they have like a whole museum dedicated to jackie since uh he broke the uh he originally broke the color barrier in daytona at that very stadium um it's over a century old but they've done some renovations so it's really nice and um there's really not a bad seat in the house it's very like it's a smaller ballpark so it's a nice like uh, inclusive vibe nice well that's yeah that sounds like a, a good stop for anyone down in florida um i've only been to the one in uh pensacola uh among the ones uh down there but um i'm sure that you uh get to enjoy the weather and uh there's just so much baseball down there it's it's not quite as centralized as in arizona but um really cool that you've been kind of uh putting your location and your love of baseball uh to work uh, in terms of covering prospects down there uh so let's let's just get into some of the guys that you've seen this year uh, you've seen some pretty big name guys, some guys that I know a lot of our, our listeners will be interested to, to get uh, a firsthand account on. Uh, we can start with your your home team, the the Jupiter uh, squad that's got uh, a bunch of very exciting young infielders on it. Uh, Khalil Watson, I think, was a guy that I certainly thought was going to really break out this year and and sort of establish himself as. Uh, one of the best uh, young prospects in the minors, but he's really been uh, pretty cold uh, lately and the strikeouts have been a major issue. Uh, how many times have you seen Watson and and what's been sort of your takeaways in terms of how his season has gone? Yeah, so it's definitely been a mixed bag so far. I've seen him twice. Um, and similarly to you, I was really high on him this off season. I had him ranked uh, second on my first year player draft list. So I thought he'd be, you know, I thought he'd really hit the ground running, but ever since he had that, like that hot week where he had like multiple home runs, he's really just kind of been in a, been in a slump. And um, I think across the two games I've seen him uh, play, he struck out six times, which, you know, is not, um, not what you want to see from your first round pick in their first taste of pro ball, or at least full season pro ball. Um, when he hits the ball, he hits it really hard. I saw him line a ball like 106 mile per hour for an RBI single. It was great contact. Um, but he really needs to work on his plate discipline. Um, there was a, he was playing against Keyshawn Askew of the, uh, the Mets the first time I saw him, um, saw him play and Askew has this, uh, this slider that like really breaks away from the plate, like pretty much finishes in the other batter's box. Like when you're watching it, you're like, how could anyone even swing at that? And I, I, he threw that pitch three times to Watson and finished in the other batter's box three times. And Watson just swung at all three pitches. It wasn't even close. And, you know, and I, I'm not, I haven't lost my faith with Watson at all. I think he's an incredibly talented player with, you know, definitely above average power. And I think he, he still has that superstar potential we thought he had coming into the season, but I think it's going to be a longer um, development process than we originally thought. Yeah, I mean, you, I think the hope with a guy like that, uh, we knew about the tools, right? Like the the speed and the raw power, uh, very evident when he was a, a prep. And I think you could very easily imagine those being plus tools at peak and what maybe well into his 20s. Uh, but I always want a guy like that to sort of develop the hit tool first in right. pro ball. And it, I've just sort of from afar, I've been sort of getting the impression that maybe he's trying to hit a home run almost every time up there. Is that sort of what you're seeing? Yeah, it is. I would say that's pretty accurate. Um, just, you know, he, uh, it's weird because I feel like the later he gets in the game and this might just be anecdotal, but I think the later he gets in the game, the more patient he gets, like maybe he realizes, okay, well the first two times I came up, I was swinging at everything and it wasn't working. Um, and then he's like taking pitches and he, he's getting better outcomes, but yeah, no, I feel like he's just been really swing happy. And that's why, you know, he's striking out over 40% of the time when we really were expecting it to be more in the twenties. So, um, I think it's something he definitely fixed. They have uh, good coaching in Jupiter and the Marlins development staff. So, you know, I wouldn't be concerned yet. Uh, definitely don't, don't trade him away in dynasty yet, just yet. Don't, you know, sell low, but just keep an eye on him. You know, if he's still not producing by like August, then maybe it would be time to like uh, look more into it. Yeah. It's uh, it's tough. Cause you, yeah, you don't want to overreact and just write a guy off, but at the same time it is, you know, it is single a 
uh, a lot, you know, most of the guys who end up going on to make it and especially the the power speed guys, the, the guys with his type of bat speed, uh, usually you don't see this level of struggles until they get to double a or so. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, I don't think anything about the ceiling has changed. I just sort of think maybe the likelihood of him reaching that ceiling is a little lower than it, than it might've been um, before the season. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the floor is definitely lower than it was a month ago. Um, but I do, I do agree. The ceiling is still there. So I'm actually going to see him the night uh, play again. So hopefully, hopefully the results are more positive. So his teammate, Ian Lewis, uh, has really had uh, nothing but positive results since, oh, yeah. re- since reporting to uh, Jupiter. Uh, how would you describe, uh, first of all, is there sort of like Lewis's um, physical build, uh, power speed, you know, long-term projection, and then just what you've seen from him in, in games? Yeah, so um, I think I, like a comp I've seen thrown on him a lot because he is also Bahamian is Jazz, uh, Jazz Chisholm comp. I think it is a pretty valid comp because they do have pretty similar games in terms of speed and power. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't expect him to reach Jazz Chisholm heights just yet, but I think he's on, on the track to do so. Um, I definitely think, yes, he has above average speed. I think there is still room for him to – like. Um, grow physically and add more like strength and power. Um, but what I saw from him so far has been really positive. Just um, he's been having good at bats. He rocked uh, a double off the wall uh, the other night. Um, I know he hit a home run over the weekend. Um, I think I mean, it was his first uh, first of the season. Um, yeah, I think his OPS is like over 900. He's just uh, He's, you know, I think he's everything we thought Khalil Watson would be doing going into the season. And, um, yeah, like the writing was on the wall. Like he was, you know, he was playing like this last season too, you know, in rookie ball. And um, everyone, you know, was waiting. Like, are they going to call up Lewis? And, you know, they didn't. But now that he's finally in full season ball, he's really, uh, he's getting on everyone's radar. Yeah, they're basically the same age, Lewis and uh, Watson. And I think they're, they're pretty close too, right? Like, aren't they pretty good friends? Um, So that, that's an interesting kind of comparison. Obviously I think Watson has the superior sort of very loud tools that stand out in terms of just batting practice or something like that. Uh, But Lewis might have the better hit tool. I think he probably does have the better hit tool at this stage. Do you think that's fair to say? I would. Yeah. So from what I've seen, I would, uh, I would have more confidence in Ian Lewis reaching his potential just off of the hit tool. I think he does have a better hit tool. And I would agree in terms of like, you know, loud tools, raw power, um, just, you know, build. I would give um, the edge to Khalil Watson in that category. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think Ian Lewis is – I expected him to do well. And I think his hit tool and just his overall – just uh, his profile is even uh, more impressive than I thought. And the other uh, big name infielder on that Jupiter team is uh, Jose Salas, who is not making his full season debut this year. He actually got to spend 27 games there as an 18 year old uh, last year. But uh, the the statistical production this year, not amazing, not jumping off the page, sort of similar to last year, which you could definitely write off of as him being like one of the youngest players in the league. But is Salas, you know, a tier or two behind uh, Watson and Lewis? I think at this at this point, yes. But I still really like Salas. Um, so I I did get to see him a couple times last year, and I've seen him a couple times this year. Um, and I completely understand understand uh, stats wise, he's not you know he's not producing the numbers you would like to see from a prospect of his pedigree. Um, but I think that I think that that will come with time. Um, his batted ball rates are um, and metrics are really impressive for a kid his age against the level of competition he's going up against. Um, I remember I think in one game I saw him he had like two or three hits above 100 miles per hour. Um, I know that that's not all of it. You know he needs to still be getting on base and playing good defense and everything that goes into it. But I think um, you know he's still making a positive impression, even if he's not, you know, producing right away. And I, th- I think, you know, I know this is an easy um, 
uh, way to write it off. But I do think it might be an age thing. You know, he is still pretty young for the level. I think if he gets just more time to develop, we could see him finally start to, um, you know, uh, come into his own. Um, you know, going into the season, I would have said he was a borderline top 100 prospect just off of his tools. I don't have him that high anymore. You know, I think he's maybe back in 200, uh, you know, just because the stats haven't been there. But I think he still does have that potential that, you know, Lewis and Watson also have. But he is currently a step behind them. Yeah, and these three, are, they're all 19 year old, 19 years old. They're all very close in age. But Salas actually is the youngest of the three. Uh, despite being the one who uh, did get to to low A last year, uh, every every time I watch Solace or watch him on video, I should say, I I leave kind of not as impressed with his sort of quick twitch athleticism. Like you see the the stolen base totals, and you would think that you're getting kind of a, a speed guy that might develop power. Uh, but I just I never really get the sense that as his body develops, he's gonna be uh, a plus runner or even an above average runner is is that a fair assessment on solace um i think it's definitely a fair assessment i think he could still be a guy who gets double digit stolen bases in a full season just because he accumulates them um you know maybe he's not going to be you know like jazz chisholm where he's stealing 20 25 even more bases a year but i think he is a guy who he's not going to put up a zero or a one in the stolen base category if he make you know if he gets a full season in the majors at some point so the next team uh <clears throat> probably has the the most uh prospect star power after jupiter i would say is daytona uh we could start with jay allen who was their really exciting pick from from last year's draft had a had a great showing in the arizona complex league last year uh he's been walking a lot uh so far this year uh just before we talk about exactly what he's been doing in games, how would you describe Allen physically right now? Like how, what do you think he, his measure measurables are? Cause he's listed at six, three, one ninety. Uh, but I'm interested if you, if you think that's accurate. Huh? Um, I think so. I mean, I stood next to him. I'm five eleven and a half. So I think, I think he was taller than me. I, um, not entirely sure though. I think I don't, I don't, he's definitely not taller than six, three. I don't think, um, like has he? Do you think he's put on? Because I, I, I'm picturing him like when he's fully uh, developed, just being really um, physically imposing up there, um, in terms of just strength and uh, muscle mass. Is that like how how impressive was he from like a strength standpoint when you when you saw him? I would say he was impressive, but I don't think he was as impressive as you think he will be at some point. Um, I think there is definitely still room for him to bulk up. Um, so yeah. Did he, uh, what, like, what, what did you come away with in terms of like, were you really impressed when you saw him? Uh, what stood out? Um, so the interesting thing with him this year is we were expecting a, like a big power speed guy. Um, and he's had extra base hit power so far this year, but he hasn't really had like home run power yet. And I, I get the Florida state league is known for, you know, suppressing hitters power. Um, but he's still some, in spite of that, put up a really good season so far with his walk rate, his, you know, just pretty much everything else in his profile. Um, and I would say the most impressive thing so far that I've seen from him is his speed. Um, he turned a ground out into a three base error, basically just because he put pressure on the pitcher to get the throw into first base in time. And he didn't because Allen is so fast. So uh, the speed is definitely legit. And there is, you know, he definitely has room to bulk up and add more power. And I think, you know, if they at some point gets a promotion to Dayton, I think he's, we're going to see the, an uptick in home run, um, the home run numbers, just because that is a more hitter friendly ballpark than Daytona. So is his uh, 16% walk rate uh, just him being having a really good eye or maybe being a little too passive up there? That's a good question because uh, we, you know, that was a conversation that was had about Austin Hendrick last year when he was not swinging at anything. Um, with Allen, I think I would lean more good eye than being too passive. Um, it also could be that the pitchers are pitching around him, though Daytona does have a good lineup, so that wouldn't make a ton of sense. But no, I think it is a good eye. I think, um, you know, especially because he's still putting up a high batting average and, uh, 
is really excelling in every area of the game except, like I said, the home run total so far. So, uh, yeah, I would say he's got good good plate discipline. So yeah, if he could just if he can just tap into that that power. I mean, he physically there's power there to get. Uh, guys don't always maximize that. I mean, you could look at guys like uh, like Jason Hayward comes to mind as like a guy that you just thought would develop big time power and it it showed flashes at times but never really happened like if he can just sort of tap into uh the raw power that's in there i mean we could be talking about uh, a big time prospect down the road so it's just kind of a matter of um when that happens and and if that happens definitely and i would say um even despite the um i guess uncertainty about how much power he will have i would still have him uh, a borderline like top 50 prospect i think the rest of his profile is so um enticing that i think you don't even necessarily need the power to reach its ceiling for him to be a really productive player yeah i, I think that's totally fair uh, borderline top 50 seems fair to me uh you mentioned austin hendrick i wouldn't just by looking at the stats i wouldn't say that he deserved a promotion to high a necessarily but maybe seemed like they just wanted to put, put a little bit more pressure on him, uh, make room for, for some other guys. Did you, uh, were you surprised when you saw he got a promotion and, and what did he look like this year? Um, so Hendrick's been interesting because obviously last year it was, it was up and down, you know, he was injured. And then when he was healthy, he wasn't swinging. Um, and then to start the year, I think he started the year like 0 for 11 with eight strikeouts. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Um, which is obviously not good. Um, but then, like, it, just like that, he turned it around. He had, like, a streak of, like, four games where he had uh, uh, multiple home runs and, like, uh, a couple more hits. So he started getting hot again. Um, and, you know, the stats aren't, like, amazing yet, but I think he did do enough to earn a promotion. You know, he's he was a former first-round pick. The Reds know what they have in him at some point. You know, he's already played, what when healthy, a full season in uh, single A. And I think there's really no uh, no harm in testing him against high A pitching. You know, if he struggles, um, you know, then he'll he'll learn to either uh, overcome it or you know that's that. But I think I think it's a worthwhile uh, you know attempt to get, uh, get him up uh, acclimated against higher level pitching. Yeah, that'll be that'll definitely be eye opening. Like if he. If he holds his own at at high A, that would be very impressive. So I think he he could move up uh, my prospect rankings by the next time they're updated. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yerlin Capadon, you got eyes on him before he hit the IL with a quad injury. What did you what did you see from Yerlin Capadon? Yeah, so um, Confidant's an interesting player. He was like a really like he was touted as like an under the radar type guy in the uh, Arizona Complex League last year, who like uh, could be like a guy who rises up the rankings. Um, his swing is interesting. There are I've you know read people who aren't convinced he'll be able to it'll be able to work for him as he goes up the ladder of the minor leagues. I personally, I think he can succeed with it. Um, the real question is what, how much contact he can make. Um, and I think he's going to need a full season in low way to find out how good that hit tool is. Um, the power and speed are, I think are above average. The speed definitely is really fast. Um, I don't know if he has home run power though. It's kind of similar to, I guess, Jay Allen, um, you know, he's confident can put up high exit velocities, but I don't, I don't know if he's going to be hitting them, hitting them over the fence yet, if that makes sense. I think, um, but I think it is a guy like in a deep league, I would still want a roster because he has like such tantalizing raw tools that if the hit tool actually clicks that he can, he could be a guy. So um, I over, overall, I was impressed and he has um, 80 grade hair. So that's, that'll always, <laughs> uh, that always help the profile. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we're not, it's not, uh, at 80 grade. So, I mean, are we talking like on a Luis Garcia of the Astros level, uh, hair grade here? I mean, it's up there. I mean, he has like, um, I I would say like dreads and they're like dyed, uh, at the bottom. And, uh, well, the only, only other better hair I've seen this season is also from Daytona. There's a player named Debbie Santana, the right half of his head or his hair, is dyed green and then the left half is dyed pink that's that's the best hair i think i've ever seen in the minor leagues yeah that's uh that's awesome it's like a it's like a watermelon uh, (laughs) pretty much mix um so maybe the guy that uh, that you've seen who's maybe generated the most positive buzz this season is alex ramirez with the mets who like solace was at uh low a for a good chunk of last season as an 18 year old uh unlike solace he's just been fantastic statistically in a return to uh single a uh what what have you seen from from amiras oh i'm i'm absolutely sold on alex amiras he's been just one of my favorite players to watch so far this season um i went i when i went to the uh, mets first hammerheads game i'm like okay can't wait to see you know khalil watson maybe even jose solace and i walked away like oh Ramirez is the best player I saw on the field today. Um, I just, I think he has the chance to just really be like that complete package. Um, I think his hit tool is uh, really good. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, it, the, I think the thing with him is like a lot of prospects we've been talking about today. And I think it's a, it's a common thing in the Florida state league is, you know, does he have that home run power and, and you know, will he, but he's had extra base power for sure. Like his slugging percentage is insane. It doesn't even need to go over the fence for him to, to do damage. Um, and the funny thing is I liked Alex Ramirez so much from my first um, viewing of seeing him play. I was like, I'm going to make time in my schedule to go to a game again and see him play um, while he's in town before he gets promoted. And I did, he went over four that night. And then I think every other game in that series, he had multiple hits. Like it was like, oh, no. he knew I was there, but, no, overall, this is just like um, he's. I, I'm just waiting for the day to see the tweet. Alex Ramirez has been promoted from St. Lucie because I, I just I don't see him being here that much longer because he's just really nothing left to prove. Yeah, I, I mean, man, that that tweet might even come across before I post this podcast. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, to me, like I'm not worried about the power with him at all, really. Uh, like when you yeah. see him, when you see him make good contact, it's pretty clear that power is going to be there. I wonder if I think the bat to ball is probably uh, quite good for a guy his age with his tools. Uh, But is the selectivity at the plate, maybe something that 
he might need to work on, or maybe he needs a promotion to tougher competition to even be able to work on that. I would say yeah, definitely the second thing. I think um, he's very capable of, of um, pitch selection against the level of pitching he's facing now. Um, if, you know, the Mets promoted him to high A, it would be more of a challenge. And we'll see like, you know, truly how good his plate discipline is, but I came away really impressed with his hit tool. I think he, uh, yeah, I think he can really hold his own. And I mean, it's, it's a really good sign when a guy, you know, hit, uh, as young as he is, was up with the, uh, the Mets towards the tail end of spring training. Like they were giving him reps with the major league team against major league pitchers. So, you know, that's, um, that shows how much faith the Mets have in him. And he's five for 11 on the bases this year. Do you think, like, how much do you think the speed sort of translates as he, as he ages and as he, you know, 22, 23, 24 years old? Yeah. So I think, I think the speed translates. I think he's a, he's a quick guy, but you know, some guys just aren't, you know, good base stealers. I mean, we saw it with, um, we seen it with Randy Rosarena this year. I think he's stolen like seven or eight bases so far, but he's also like been thrown out the same amount of time. So like, you know, it's, I think instincts plays a lot in it too. So, you know, if he's getting thrown out half the time, I think that's, that's something that the Mets will need to work on him with. Cause he definitely has the speed to steal bases. Yeah. Christian Pache is another guy that comes to mind in terms yep. of the success rate on the bases being an issue. Uh, how you Lee uh, has really kind of been one of the Phillies top breakout guys this year. He's age appropriate for single a he's just 19 uh, turned 19 just before the start of the season. And he's really putting up impressive numbers for, for Clearwater. What have you seen from how you Lee? Yeah, I was really excited that uh, he was in the lineup last week when I saw the Threshers. Um, he has a very compact swing, and he can do he can do a lot of damage with it. He, he's close to uh, I think he has eight home runs already. Um, just uh, yeah, he was and he was going up against a pretty good pitcher too. And he, um, I believe, he had one hit the night I saw him. And um, the he does have some speed. I don't I don't know if he'll be like a stolen base guy. But I think he could be a sneaky power guy, and because um, you know when you when you see him, he's not like uh, like he doesn't have like the build of like a Khalil Watson or or that kind of guy where they just you see them and they're like really muscular. Um, at least you know when I was like close by to him. But you know the the numbers speak for themselves. He's you know he's the uh, he's got his hit tools 100% above average, um, and I think it play that's how the power numbers are playing up because he's just hitting everything he sees. Um, and he's turning them into extra base hits, and a lot of them are leaving the ballpark. So um, I was really impressed with him, and he's another guy uh, I don't expect to be in the Florida State League much longer because I think he's going to warrant a promotion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how how close do you, do you view him as as he kind of moved into sort of borderline top 100 prospect territory? I I would think so. I think right now uh, he's easily in the top 200, uh, probably top 150, and if he, you know has another month in Clearwater where he's just off the charts good, or if he gets promoted to single lane and just keeps chugging along, like it's going to be hard to not rank him at a top 100 prospect, you know, just the sheer, you know, impressive stats he's putting up. Like he, he clearly, he's clearly a guy. So I think in the Phillies, they that's been a struggle within the past couple of years with hitting prospects, you know, like Mickey Moniak, Adam Hazley, like they've had a lot of guys not pin out and, um, you know, Bryson Stott's the number one guy in terms of hitters right now. But after him, you know, Johan Rojas, I guess. But, I, you know, I've come, I came away more impressed with my viewing of Lee than I did Rojas last year. So I think Lee could rock it up to number three overall by the end of the season behind Abel and, um, and Painter and maybe even ahead of Abel. So it really depends. That's good context on on Lee versus, versus Rojas last year. I mean, I think, you, yeah, you, you're totally right. We're talking about these guys and, like, whether the power is going to come. And here's Lee, who's the same age as, as these guys with uh, maybe more pedigree or loud power tools, and he's getting to it in games already. So uh, very impressive start to the season for him. And then uh, on the pitching side, you saw Tink Hentz with Palm Beach – uh, in the Cardinals organization, uh, the video I've seen of of him, uh, well, dating back even when he was an amateur, but I mean, he's just very impressive. Like you can fall in love with the upside with him. Uh, how good did he look when you saw him? Oh, I was I was beyond impressed. Like you know, I was I was excited when I heard he was going to be the starting pitcher the night I was going, and um, yeah, like just his fastball, like um, 
So scouting sites have him around a 60 grade on his fastball. I would say at worst, I think I would call it a 70 grade fastball. And I have seen people on Twitter in the past week uh, insinuate it's an 80 grade fastball. Just, I think it's, I think it's a lot better than most people realized or he's gotten better than he was a year ago. Cause remember we haven't, you know, he hasn't been in front of people. I think he going before he started pitching last week, he had like eight career innings. So he just, there hasn't been a lot to go off from him, but uh, the, the fastball was very lively. Uh, and what I really liked from him was the curveball. Just the, um, they, uh, the opposing hitters just had nothing they could do against it. He struck out, um, Sung Che Cheng of the Marauders, who I also I do like quite a bit, struck him out twice, uh, pretty much both on the same pitch that just curveball that just at the very end just drops right, you know, into the zone. Um, he went three innings, one hit, which was an infield single and uh, sh- uh, struck out five guys. And then he pitched another three inning outing the following week. And now he's actually pitching tonight against Khalil Watson and I'll be there. So. That's going to be a really fun matchup also, you know, with Lewis and uh, Solace. So that's – I think that might be the biggest test he he gets so far this season. Oh, nice. That's That'll be a great opportunity to get some video. Uh, Absolutely. Hence versus those those guys on Jupiter. Uh, all right. We're going to move on to some, some fun questions uh, for Bailey here to close out the show. But first, a message from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back. Uh, with Bailey Srebnik, who has seen pretty much everyone there is to see down in the Florida State League. And I think people people that might know you from Twitter will recognize you as the guy who's always getting these selfies with these top prospects who come through Florida. And so I came up with some sort of fun questions uh, to sort of get like some behind the scenes details on uh, those interactions that you've had with these, with these players. Uh, yeah, that's, this is going to be fun. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I posted my graduation pictures yesterday and like three or four people were like, where's the baseball player next to you? <laughs> yeah. There, there has to be some, some baseball player at your, at your graduation for you to take a selfie with as you're walking across the stage or something. Right. <laughs> Um, okay. So the, let's, we're going to go from, uh, you know, most complimentary maybe to, uh, least complimentary, but, uh, who is the funniest prospect you've ever interacted with? And that could be them trying to be funny. them just naturally being funny, or you just finding the way they were behaving to be very funny. So I'm going to go with, uh, unintentionally funny. And that would be steel Walker when I met him, he was on the white Sox, and, uh, now he's on the Rangers and just, you know, I I didn't know anything about him besides, you know, that he was like, I believe, a second round pick and he was a good player. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to get his autograph. I'm in, happened to be North Carolina. You know, this is going to be great. And he walks up and just like, I was really taken aback, I guess, by like just the way he talked and like his voice. He's like very chill dude, but just um, he's like, uh, what's the word? Just like the way the way he talked. There's a word. Cadence. Cadence. Yeah, his cadence. It was just like, I totally caught me off guard but it was but he was also like you know cracking jokes at the same time and just you know i was not expecting it but he was a very funny dude so um <laughs> you know you i used i asked you sent me that question uh like yesterday i was like the first guy that came in immediately steel walker like just really funny dude that's that's great um steel walker wow uh first first steel walker mentioned on the pod this year all right uh who is the nicest prospect you've ever interacted with? I think I got to give you two for this just because I can't sure. choose. But totally. um, I'm going to go first off. Got to give a shout out to Pablo Lopez. Um, I met him in 2018 when he was on the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp before he was a big time, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. Um, and, you know, um, I was like, you know, looking at like the top 30 list. I saw, OK, he's like ranked like 25. I'll get his autograph. I, you know, I'm not sure if I want a picture with him, you know, he's just not that big of a name, but you know, I'll get his autograph. So I call him over and he was just like, Hey man, how's it going? How are you doing? You know, nice to meet you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, 
just so taken back, like just, you know, just such a friendly dude. And I was like, gotta get a picture with him. And, uh, you know, every time I've interacted with him since he's always remembered me, he's always, um, you know, just been really nice. Um, I once played, there's an app called fight list. It's like uh, like a trivia app. He once played that with me. Um, so just, just such a really cool dude. Um, and, uh, Craig Mish, obviously like, you know, the Marlins reporter, I'm sure everyone listening knows him. Like he tweeted out something about like a month or so ago where like most Marlins press people will agree that Pablo is like the nicest person to ever put on a Marlins uniform. So I'm just, I'm glad that, uh, that people share the same opinion of him. And the other player I have to mention is, uh, Tyler Stevenson. He is my favorite baseball player of all time. If you go look at my Twitter, he's my profile picture. Um, I met him in 2018 as well. And uh, anytime we would go to a Daytona Tortugas game, he would always, you know, stop uh, pregame to have a chat with me and my dad, just, you know, just talk about how everything's going. And, uh, you know, and when he got to double A, we made sure to go see him in Jacksonville. And uh, now that he's in the majors, you know, we uh, got to see him in Miami. We specifically went to all three games uh, of that series just to see him. And he's just, you know, such a down to earth guy. And it's really been, you know, just really amazing experience to see him is, you know, rise from like, a, okay, is he going to make the majors to all of a sudden like a top five catcher in baseball? Just, you know, just really cool. That's awesome, man. I, you know, I know that sometimes we, we hear about the guys that play baseball that maybe aren't the nicest or aren't, aren't the best with fans, but there are just some, some really, really great guys uh, out there playing the game. Um, so who is the most swaggy prospect you've ever interacted with? So I think I'm going to go with uh, Victor Mesa Jr. here, the younger brother oh, of okay. uh, Victor, Victor Mesa. Um, he's just, he has such a cool vibe to him. Um, he always has like, you know, or I guess had, cause he's no longer on the hammerheads. He got prom- promoted to Beloit, but um, he always had like, you know, stuff on his helmet or uh, just had, you know, like uh, really nice shoes or cleats or uh, like socks. So he always had a really cool vibe to him. He's, he's just such a, like a, a nice guy to talk to as well. Um, and not a prospect, or I didn't meet him when he was a prospect, but I've met him at least five times at this point. So I got to give a shout out to Jazz Chisholm, who is the swaggiest player I've ever met. Right. Um, just, you know, plays the game with such passion. And, um, you know, he, he does it, you know, for the kids too. Like every game, he's always signing autographs. I, I was at the perfect game tournament, you know, taking videos um, with like, I was working uh, and, uh, like as a videographer and he was just there, like just shaking people's hands. Cause he was there to see like the players, but of course he's like, you know, a big time name in the community now. So like everyone was going up to him. He was just, you know, so chill about it. You know, had his really nice sunglasses on. So a uh, big fan of those two Marlins, uh, Mesa Jr. and Chisholm. Yeah. Jazz, probably the swaggiest player anyone's ever interacted with. Yeah, so. pretty much. Uh, who is the most chill prospect you've ever interacted with? Yeah, so this, this is an interesting question. I would almost, you know, I don't want to double up on answers, but I think uh, I think you could also make the argument for Tyler Stevenson or Pablo Lopez here. Um, but I think I'll actually go with the name that I kind of doubt most people know at this point. I don't even know if he's on uh, a team anymore, but Juan Martinez, uh, former, I guess former, I don't think he's with the Reds anymore, but a former Reds pitching prospect. Uh, you could also uh, categorize him as nicest, but... Um, he he's just he's just such a good dude so just chill um you know when we would go to games or really any daytona tortugas fans were there he would always just say you know talk to fans uh you know take his time you know i think he once offered a fan coffee um you know just such a cool guy and um not a prospect but i saw richard blyer on rehab uh last week uh he happened to have gone to the same college i'm starting at this fall uh fgcu so he was you know sitting in the bullpen and, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, say hi to him. So between innings, I went over and said hi to him. And I'm expecting, like, okay, the game's starting back up. He's going to go sit down. No, he just kept talking to me during the game just so, um, you know, I'm not a prospect, but also a really chill dude, Richard Blyer, you know, shout out to him. Okay. Uh, who's a person who took a selfie with you but who most seemed like he really didn't want to? So, you know, when you when this question was presented to me, I'm like, okay, there's probably gonna be somebody who like uh I can point to. But honestly, I was like going through my pictures, I'm like, no, I mean, I don't I don't know if there's a one guy, but you know, there's two who I was like, okay, maybe these two. So I would go with Carter Keyboom, and it was not because he's like rude or whatever, it was just it was at national spring training. There were a lot of people there wearing for Turner, Soto, Scherzer, etc. So you know, I see Keyboom come out at the time. He was like, you know, like a top 10 prospect in baseball. I'm like, oh my God, I need a picture card to Keyboom. So he came over, 
he didn't, you know, he didn't seem very enthused about the picture, um, but, you know, he did it. And then an interesting one, in my opinion, is Christian Pache. Because, um, you know, if you look at his Twitter now, he's like just super friendly guy. He's always like doing stuff for, you know, kids, giving them bats, meeting them. It's, you know, really awesome to see, you know, how he's growing the game. Um, I met him at an 11 a.m. Sunday game um, in the Florida Heat. I don't think anyone wanted to be there. Um, you know, he didn't want to stop and sign before stretch, which is, you know, it's cool. And then he did come over. He wasn't very talkative. And I get, you know, he's a lot younger, I guess, you know, almost four years ago now than he is, you know, today. Um, but he did take the picture of me, you know, gave a really nice smile. But it just, you know, at the time, you know, I would have told you, like, yeah, you know, he was pretty nice. You know, he took a picture, gave me a nice smile. But, you know, it didn't seem like he was, like, that happy to be signing autographs and being there. But I was clearly wrong because he's, you know, turned turned out to be like a really nice uh, nice player. Yeah, we all we all have our good days and bad days, and uh, I definitely th- I think the trade might have um, you know maybe lit a fire under him almost to sort of kind of soak everything in a bit more and appreciate sure. uh, sort of what you have. Uh, and then if you have a different answer to this next question um, from that last one, who's the rudest prospect you've ever interacted with? So. I think there's three, you know, I don't want to throw anyone on the bus because, you know, it could have just been a bad day or whatever. I don't, you know, but there are three um, experiences that I, uh, I can point to one of which is not a prospect and I'll save for last because it is topical with current events, but the two prospects uh, first off uh, Gregory Soto uh, Tigers closer. Mm -hmm. Um, I waited during an hour rain delay uh, to, you know, meet pretty much him and that was it. Like there weren't really any other prospects on the flying tigers at the time. Um, so I waited through the rain. He's the first player to come out of the dugout or sorry, clubhouse because he's the starting pitcher. And I'm like, Mr. Soto, do you have time for an autograph? Can I take a picture with you? And he looked at me and just kept walking, completely ignored me. And you know, it's fine. Right. You know, he waited an hour. It's stark got pushed back. He's in a bad mood, but you know, then he went out and pitched. I tried to get him after the game. He looked at me, kept on walking. So that was, you know, not great. Um, similar thing happened with Zach Collins of the um, – I guess he's on the Blue Jays now. At the time, he was on the Charlotte Knights of the White Sox. Again, one-hour rain delay – or actually, that one was like an hour and a half. And so by the time the players were coming out of the dugout, there was literally like me and like one or two other people trying to get autographs. We were going for Luis Robert and Nick Madrigal, who both signed, by the way. But the first guy out of the dugout, Zach Collins, did not sign. But unlike Soto, he didn't ignore me, but he did walk past me. He was like, sorry, bro, not today. And, like, you know, I just waited an hour and a half in the rain so I can ask Zach Collins for an autograph. And he's the only – the pitcher isn't even with him yet. Like, it's not like he's in a rush. Like, everything's been delayed. Like, I don't know. I guess he just wasn't in a good mood because of the rain delay. I'm not holding it against him. But um, that came to mind when you asked the question. And now uh, the biggest one who, you know, Tommy Pham. Uh, I didn't meet him. When he was a prospect, it was at uh, 2019 Rays spring training. And I do like the Rays. Uh, they're, tie- I guess, tied for my favorite team with the Orioles right now. Um, so at the time, I'm a big Tommy Pham fan. You know, he's a really good player for the team. So he's going down the line. I'm like, I didn't even ask him for an autograph. I'm like, hey, Mr. Pham, uh, do you think you'd take a picture with me real quick, please? And he goes, I'm not really photogenic, but I'll sign your baseball. And I go, yeah, that's fine. Was not rude at all, and I, I said verbatim, that's fine. Wasn't being rude. I just, you know, me being, I guess at the time I was like, you know, 14 or 15, you know, I was disappointed I didn't get to get a picture with one of my favorite players, but, you know, I still was like, yeah, take your autograph. And, and fan response was, that's fine. Get past <laughs> me and kept going down the line. I'm like, there's there's no way that just happened. So I go, you know, I move further down the line where he keeps going. He signs for the person next to me, then looks at me, skips me and goes to the next person. I'm like, what is going on? Because it wasn't like I was like, no, I want you to take a picture of me. I was like, oh, I guess I'll take an autograph. I was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, like I'll take the autograph. And I guess he took it the wrong way. But like, I don't even know why he, you know, I, I mean, he's not, no one's, you know, in, I'm not entitled to take a picture with whatever player I want. But, you know, it just, the whole, the whole interaction was odd. So I guess I just feel kind of vindicated by uh, <laughs> recent developments in the news. So, yeah. Yeah. Um he definitely seems to be uh, the real Tommy fam is very, very clear uh, for people to see, but like, I don't even mind. Like, I mean, the, you know, we're always going to have guys like that in, in yeah. baseball. It's just, 
it's just uh it's kind of funny like you don't want to you don't want to slight tommy fam whether it's uh the way you're using an il spot or the way you <laughs> respond to him uh saying that he's willing to, to sign your baseball so yeah i gotta be um, careful not to stash him on my il well actually i would never i would never even roster him at this point so not something i have to worry about i kind of almost i kind of almost like gregory soto more after hearing that story because it's just he's got the eye of the tiger he has he has no time for fans he has no time to, to take photos he's just yeah. just all business going out for the ninth inning um, yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> all right uh this was really fun. Um, Bailey, why don't you uh, let people know where they can follow your work and we'll let you get to practice in that uh, valedictorian speech. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, thanks again just for having me on. I really enjoyed this discussion. And um, yeah, so for where you can find me, you can find me on Twitter um, at XWO Bailey. So like the baseball stat XWOBO and then my name. Um, and you can find me on the uh, Florida Prospect Report me and my co-host, Eric, you'll, you probably know him as Eric underscore Birdland on Twitter. Uh, we do semi-weekly episodes about, um, you know, just what we see down here in the Florida State League and uh, as well as the Florida Complex League, which I think is called Gulf Coast League again. They always change the names. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, just, you know, follow me on Twitter and, you know, you'll see all the uh, highlights from games I go to. Awesome. Yeah, definitely recommend following Bailey on Twitter. And uh, really appreciate you taking the time, man. I've been a big fan of, of what you're putting out there. So I uh, hope, hope you keep it up at, at Florida Gulf Coast University um, if you have time. But I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you have less time on your hands than you think you will. But um, really appreciate it, man. Uh, good luck with everything uh, this upcoming week. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.